1: And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Our grinders out there are already wanting to know the best days for the 2020 elk season. The hard part is, it's real life, and sometimes the best days are not always an option. So how about we start first with the archery season and help you out with some possible scenarios. What if you only have weekends? What if you have five vacation days? or even better yet, 7 to 10 vacation days. What days help you maximize hunt time and give you the best opportunities? Are there any days that you should possibly avoid? Well, y'all, let's just have a sit down and talk about just that. On today's show, best day scenarios for the 2020 elk archery season. That along with our Elk Bros shout outs and questions from our Elk Bros mailbox. So, my friends, pull up a chair, adjust your volumes just right, and welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting, brought to you by elkgrows.com, with your host, Gilbert Ornelas, and elk hunting coach, Joe Gillian. You want to hunt elk? They live to hunt elk. Their goal is to share with you what they have learned grinding it out for over 35 seasons doing what they love. So, come on into camp and set a spell. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunters. Hello again, everyone. If it's your first time with us, glad to have you. Hope you enjoy our show. And for those blue collar hunters out there following our show and grinding it out with us every week, welcome back to Elk Camp. I'm Gilbert Ronellis coming to you from Spring, Texas, and joining me from New Mexico, your elk hunting coach. Joe Gillia. What do you say, Joe?
0: Now, not just an elk coach, but Joe's gonna be a grandpa.
1: Grandpa Joe. Grandpa Joe. Joe. There is a whole lot of <laughs> lot of acronyms that can go with that, Joe. Yeah, paul paul Grandpa. I mean, you name it,
0: huh? Oh, fart. I don't care. You know, it's yeah. freaking Abuelo. Luis. Abuelo. Abuelo, right away. <laughs> Luis was like, well, can I call you Grandpa Joe? I'm like, heck yeah, man. Call me wherever you want. And then I'm going to go walk your butt off. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. put it on you, man. <laughs> no, man. It's just uh, what a way to start 2020. And uh you know, mm-hmm. with all of that, and I thought uh, there's a surprise coming here pretty soon, y'all. Uh, there's going to be a surprise coming. I'm just throwing that out there. But 2020 started awesome with our daughter letting letting the family know that uh, her and our son-in-law Dominic, Ashley and Dominic are are, are expecting. And this That's is our so first, good. and they're going to be incredible parents, man. I
1: believe wholeheartedly that our men's greatest blessing is their children and their second greatest blessing are their grandchildren for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definite, man. So that's what I like to tell
1: tell our listeners out there. I'm going to apologize now. I'm kind of a little bit under the weather. I've had a a chest cold and a head cold for the past week, but we're going to grind it out tonight. Anyway, Joe.
0: Heck yeah. That's what we do, bro. We, 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 (laughs) we can put the attitude and effort out there, right? Every day. And uh, you know uh, we've been on, we've been road warriors back and forth from Albuquerque to Cimarron, and uh, good things are happening with the reports on that. And God bless all of y'all that continually send uh, emails to Chav and and all those well wishes. And I and I'm telling you, um, man, I this it's it's awesome and great things are happening the guy's face is filled out he's starting to look hunting weight again
1: yeah. Yeah. he's back to 134 134 and counting, man yep had sounds his, like he's got a good little appetite going so he
0: does bro and he had his third round of chemo um on monday his blood levels were really good uh, things are happening in the legs i mean we're just cracking at the pt and he's just working his butt off man and uh uh, uh, we're just blessed with, with what's been happening there. So, uh, oh, also I wanted to thank, uh, I mentioned it to you earlier, Gilbert. You know, a lot of people, it's so funny, I get these, a lot of people don't know about the Elk Bros Patreon page. And basically that's, um, it's it's patreon.com slash elkbros. And um, that's where people can go and support our programming uh, by pledging so much. Uh, we ask for like $3 a month as our basic pledge to help yes. us out just with keeping the lights on and paying for this podcast. And and I, I want to thank those guys that uh, have been doing that because they're now paying for this part of this. So it's not no longer just coming out of my pocket there. And, you know, we love That's doing awesome. this and everything, but it sure helps to be able to pay for some of this. Well, we thank all of those guys for sure. Oh man. And, and, you know, it's funny cause I thank them and they're like, wow, you never even, told us about it and we're not big on telling people about that if if they like what we do and they like who we are what we represent and and they check out our the stuff that we have they'll eventually come across something like that and if they want to do it cool if they don't man we're going to do what we do anyway right bro you bet, buddy. Yeah, no sir. matter what. No, no matter, matter what. Matter. We're coaches.
1: No no doubt. One hundred percent. Well, Joe, you know what time it is, man. Shout out. It's shout time out. for shout the Elk Bros shout, shout out. out. Yes, sir. If you're new to the show, there's just shout out to the few cities with the most lips listeners topping our charts this week.
0: Oh, and I went and checked out some of those and uh we're bumping four thousand cities now. 4,000 <laughs> 4, cities, cities in the US and forty-one countries right now that we have. Forty one countries.
1: In. That's so awesome. My <laughs> daughter's she's always asking me, Daddy, you know, are y'all really in forty-one? I said, Look, look, baby, forty-one countries. No
0: Forty one countries. And yeah. you know, I, I all of you guys out there that are that are from all these different places in the world, and you're tuning in to listen to us. I wish I could speak every one of your languages and personally thank you in your language, because you're willing to listen to this redneck talk. And, <laughs> and, 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 and I bet for yeah. a lot of these guys, man, and a lot of these places, it, it, it it's like. What did he say? <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Como? <laughs> uh,
0: you know, I mean, dude, I mean, we were Korea, Indonesia, Japan, China, I mean, all over the place, man. And so a lot cool. of the European countries is just pretty, pretty cool, man. Very so I cool. uh, wanted to say that. And let's start out first of all pop in our charts the home of ohio state university and they love their sports here gilbert no doubt if every single college and professional sports venue here was filled to capacity at once they would have over a seats filled wow their most wow. prestigious fan has to be national treasure and osu fan jk simmons and if None of you guys know that. Look that name up. You'll recognize the face. You've seen him in a lot of shows. But, uh, oh, in fact, I I think uh, I'm trying to remember. I think J.K. does that. uh, uh, We've seen it. uh, If it's a farmer's, I think it's the farmer's commercials he does. Oh, wow. Okay. But what most people don't know is that he's also, and this is what's huge. My wife loves this guy, man. The Mm -hmm. voice of the yellow M&M. A a Buckeye through and through in Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio in the house. Yes, sir.
1: That's cool, man. So he's the voice of the yellow M&M.
0: Voice of the yellow M&M. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. (laughs) Well, Joe, there's nothing quite like calling out Woo Pig Suey, and I know many of them. This city's known as the track capital of the world for being the home for the University of Arkansas Track and Field Program, which has won not five, not 15, not even 25 but a whopping 45 national championships. 45. 45 national titles. You know, I, <laughs> in Fayetteville, Arkansas.
0: Fayetteville, Arkansas. In that house, house, guys. Woo pig suey. Uh, woo pig suey. <laughs> Look,
1: man, those fans are rabid, brother. I've been oh. watching the University of Texas play. Uh-huh. The Southwest Conference days when I was a young man. I'm kind of sure my age here, But at the end of the day, uh, been up there and watched them play against uh, the University of Arkansas uh, in the Cotton Bowl. I mean, it was, uh, it was always a slobber knock, as old Keith Jackson would say, uh, it was a slobber knock fest up there in, in uh, Fayetteville or at the Cotton Bowl. And man, I'm telling you, it was, uh, that, that Arkansas group always comes to play. And you know, my daughter goes to school in Arkansas there in yeah, Arkansas right. at uh, Washtenaw Baptist University. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, and they're like, three-time national champions in football in Division Two. So,
0: Well, um, and I'm telling you, man, a lot of people, when they think about Arkansas, they think about Razorbacks, they think about football. Sure, sure. But let me tell you what, man, that track program has been a dynasty, man. There unbelievable. 45, 45 national, national championships? championships. And when That's you're talking D1 track and field, man, that, that ain't no easy feat.
1: You know? uh-uh. No, you're having so, to run up against all the big ones. I mean, yeah. the SEC, the Pac-10, Pac-12. Yeah, and,
0: uh, so Fayetteville, man, our hat's off to y'all over there. And uh, look forward to see some Arkansas boys over here in the Elk Woods. Up next, the second most visited ski resort in the U.S. Averages 300-plus inches of annual snowfall. And I don't know how they do this with that much snow, but also 300 days of sunshine a year. Man. I, I don't know. It's snowing when it's suns out or
1: something. <laughs> <Sounds> <laughs> like it snows a little while, shiny sun. Yeah. Wow, in okay. 1898,
0: it snowed here for 79 days straight. Oof. <laughs> but Ooh, if it's, it's snowing, it's no y'all, <laughs> you can grab a drink at the Gold Pan Saloon, a popular drinking hole from back in 1859, which is still pouring that stuff today. The Gold Pan Saloon. Gilbert is the oldest operating saloon west of the Mississippi, and you'll find it only in Breckenridge, Colorado. Awesome,
1: man! That's a cool town. Been there several times in Colorado and Breckenridge. Really cool town, Joe. Lot of lot of nostalgia there. Lot of lot of cool old places, and you know, you know it was a mining town back in the day.
0: You drive around up in those mountain towns up there, and those ski places, and it just Colorado is just beautiful. It really I mean, is. Uh, that, that's all you can that's all you can say about it. It's just daggone beautiful, man.
1: Yep. Well, Joe, Judy Garland was born here in 1922. Yep, Dorothy herself from The Wizard of Oz. What most of you don't know is that it took a federal investigation of 13 years to solve the mystery that haunted this city. The Mystery to Find Out Who Stole Dorothy's Ruby Slippers. What? The witch? Yeah. In 2005, the famed slippers were stolen from the Judy Garland Museum in Grand Rapids,
0: Minnesota, Grand Rapids, Minnesota. Yes, sir. Oh man, well they they got that green witch up there in Minnesota. She, <laughs> yeah. I seen it in the movie. She took them slippers, man. She must have. <laughs> she got some vengeance on that. Yeah, I mean, it took thirteen years, bud. I think they they in twenty, I think it was 2018, 2018 wow. That uh,
1: that they solved
0: the it. FBI had. Uh, a big deal uh, and announced that they had found the ruby slippers.
1: Unbelievable.
0: Yeah, isn't that crazy? It yeah, is. awesome. Last but not least, this city's name comes from a combination of English and Native American language known as Chinook jargon, translating to mean waterfall. It is a recognized location for salmon to migrate each year to lay their eggs, and some folks claim this city to be the end of the historic Oregon Trail. Tumwater, Washington.
1: Tumwater, Washington. That's the first time I've ever heard of Tumwater.
0: Yeah, You know, um, for me it is. I mean, we did a big old deal going through – Washington, Loretta and I, we, we flew in and we just drove the whole state and camped up on Rainier and, and the Ho mm-hmm. National Forest and down to Long Beach. I mean, dude, we, we, we went and did it and saw it and had a blast there and it is a beautiful state. But I can tell you this, if you drive through New Mexico mountains and you look and you got those pine trees on the side of you, right? And you look over there and you think, oh man, we're in the trees, <laughs> buddy. We ain't in the trees here because mm-hmm. you drive through those roads in Washington. And yeah. those doggone trees on the side of the road are going up 150, 200 feet up, man. I mean, it's like it's 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 like you're driving through a crack in the earth. It's unbelievable, man. So are those redwood trees up there, Joe? No, these are pines. Well, so I mean, they have redwoods, but they got these giant. I mean, and then you know you can because lumbering is, that's, that's their thing, right? I mean, right. lumber is, that's their economy, and you can see where they have all, you know, there'll be a whole section, miles of trees at a certain height, and then a, mm-hmm. another section at a certain height, and it's just, uh it's incredible, and those trees, you know, you look at them, it's just a wall, it just, wow. it's just really incredible, and, and when we were there, uh, at the hoe, I spotted elk. We had some elk come down there, and then oh, cool. we went up to uh, Mount St. Helens. And I'm mm-hmm. looking off the side, and I'm like, <laughs> Loretta's looking at Mount St. Helens. I'm looking down in the river, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like for elk. yeah, and I was like, "Found some." She's like, "What?" Yeah, I got some elk down here. She's like, "Only you, man." <laughs> <She's>
1: like, <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Seattle a couple of times, but that's the only place in Washington I've been.
0: Right. Right, and it's
1: just really stopovers and you know layovers and stuff like that in flights.
0: You know that just you know, guys, if y'all haven't been to the, that part of the country, Washington, country. Oregon, yep. Northern California, it's just beautiful, man. Sure. So, Gilbert, let's uh let's get started and, and uh, let's give these yeah, people Joe, some let's info. Let's start
1: out with some info, huh? Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, let's talk about draw deadlines and season dates. Uh, We're just going to give you guys some straight info. And then we're going to go into our topic about the scenarios because some of y'all, you don't realize eh, people in Wyoming know this, but if you don't live in Wyoming, non-residents, your application deadline is January 31st. January 31st is, is the deadline for non-residents. And the thing about that is, is, it used to be when you did your application that early in Wyoming, uh, they used to be the first to get the results out, Gilbert, in February, man. And mm-hmm. now they're not going to have the results out until May 21st. That's four okay. months. Four months, yeah. And and they withdraw your money right away. So that means your money's in limbo for four months. You know, so – um what i don't get is the residents their application deadline is june 1st and they get the results june 18th 18 days later but non residents are going to wait for 4 months
1: yeah they keep your money for 4 months and yep. you got to be in in january 31st
0: i wonder what kind of interest that money gets in 4 months know. man in february february arizona's up on the 11th of february in march Uh, You're going to hit first off in March is Utah on the 5th, their deadline, Montana on the 15th, uh, New Mexico on the 18th, and uh, North Dakota on the 25th of March. In April, that's uh, Colorado's deadline. Um, I believe that's right around the 7th of April Mm -hmm. for that. Then in May, in May, you have Nevada. On the 4th, Oregon on the 15th. South Dakota has it tentatively on the 22nd of May. Washington, I believe, is tentative as well on the 22nd. And bringing up the, the last uh, of it, letting you see what, where else you, you've got drawing and stuff at, Idaho is the 5th. Um, and I can tell you one thing cool about Idaho, y'all, is that uh, Idaho, Oregon... I believe even in Utah, Gilbert, have a lot of OTC, um, Colorado's OTC. Sure. So if you haven't drawn in any of those, you can still get your, you know, because some of those you're going to find out already in May uh, and stuff in some places, whether you've drawn or April. And yeah. if you haven't, you can put in on on the draw there in Idaho. That's the fifth of June, and they'll have the results out tentatively around that week of the twenty third. Okay, oh, yeah. if you're wanting to know hunting season dates, and this is where now we're going, getting ready to get into the information for our discussion points for tonight, guys. In New Mexico, they actually have for the, and we're talking archery season dates we're gonna come we're gonna hit the states with each of their stuff later on but uh, for those guys those archery hunters getting things out those dates are in new mexico you've got the first hunt is from uh, september 1st to the 14th and then the second hunt is the 15th to the 24th the first set is 14 days and the second one is 10 days colorado Um, Their archery hunt is September 2nd to September 30th, okay? September 2nd to September 30th, And, and I believe that is set up to happen for like the next four years they do like a they they do like this um like a long-range plan and i believe how that's how that's going i could be wrong and y'all i have been wrong before just trying to get you guys some general general information so that you uh are are snapping to and getting things done um wyoming wyoming archery season dates last year uh gilbert have you ever look at tried to figure out and have you ever looked at wyoming at their proclamation I haven't. Oh, my God. It's not easy. It (laughs) it it uh, takes a little bit of uh, uh, a
1: degree in freaking political science.
0: I'm telling you, man, they do not make it easy. And uh, so right now, um, their season's last year, and it's probably going to be along those same lines, September Mm -hmm. 1st to September 30th. Uh, That's just kind of giving you an idea there. Montana. You know, we talked about Montana last week and we talked about the Grizzly Bears, right? Yeah. Right? Well, let me tell you what, there's something that might just attract a lot of people because their archery season dates last year and if they go in in the same uh corresponding dates was September seventh to October eleventh. Wow. September seventh to October eleventh. These guys cover the early the the Mid- main run. Late. Yeah. And the, the post-rut, I mean, yeah. it is prime, prime time in Montana. So uh, that that's great. Idaho, September 6th to September 30th. Oregon's the 29th to September 27th. And Washington, their early hunt last year was September 7th to the 19th. And when it comes to the rut, I think they're the ones that probably give you the toughest, shortest amount of time there, yeah. um, other than, you know, hunting uh, one or or the other hunt in New Mexico okay so there there we have those dates there if any of you guys have any questions on any of that stuff send it in if you have a question about your particular state what we feel what we think we would love to have that discussion we're going to talk about some of them here uh this evening just talking about the archery okay yeah yeah so um let's talk about our discussion tonight Gilbert so if you're planning next year's hunt, and and like you said in the beginning, you know, everybody wants to go, well, man, I, I want to know the prime time. I want to be there on the prime time. <laughs> yeah. But there's always things that you, when reality steps in, you know, uh, you can't always hit it at the best time. Sure. You, know? yeah, you got to take
1: what the good Lord gives you. you sure. Know? You know, some guys have, you know, limited time. Other guys can only hunt the weekends. You know, some guys have five days of vacation. The other guys got 14 days of vacation. God bless them.
0: Yeah. You know, so, and and like you're um, going to find out in some of the things when we talk about, like, you know, Colorado, New Mexico, the way they split the hunt. And yeah. when you start looking at things like moon phases and when they hit and stuff like that. You know, w- what if you're only have weekends available and, and guys, we're going to try to hit this scenario for you. What if you have two days off? What if you have five days off? What if you're lucky and you've saved up seven to 10 days? You know, uh, mm-hmm. we're going to kind of cover those scenarios, but there's other things that other guys have to consider. You know, how long is the drive from where they're going to where they're going to hunt? I mean, you guys drive to New Mexico. It's 11, 12 hours, right?
1: 13. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sure and, and then hours. We We lose an hour
1: because of the time change.
0: Right. Yeah. And I mean, there's guys driving 17, 20 hours to do that. So they've got to not only consider their hunt days, they got to think about their drive days. They not only have to think about that, but a lot of guys don't realize, like you say, okay, I need a day to drive, right? Well, so does that mean on that last day, you're going to hunt that evening hunt? Yeah. Because you pop one in the evening and then you got to do all the packing and the processing. Mm -hmm. That puts a crunch on a lot of things. So you got to kind of plan things that way. You got to plan for your success as well.
1: Well, and for me too, I kind of know this about myself. I like to be there a couple of days early because I like to acclimate. Right. You know, I like to get my body acclimated. Um, (laughs) My lungs are a lot more sensitive than most people. So it's really important for me to acclimate. And when I do that, I have a whole lot easier time. Sure. Start my aspirin regimen early and, Uh, all of that.
0: Right. And uh, so we're going to cover that, you know, and, and also guys, if you're hunting by yourself or if you're hunting with a partner, if you're hunting with a group, a lot of times those dates are hard to coordinate. If you're by yourself, it is what it is. You can go when you can go, but when you're going with buddies trying to coordinate that, in fact, I know a lot of good hunting groups that are broke up because things have happened where they could no longer coordinate their dates and get in there. So uh, sometimes that becomes a deal breaker for some of the groups. All right, and you got to think about other obligations because I'm pretty fortunate. All of my daughter's birthdays are not during the hunting season, so <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that helps. It does. <laughs> and and yours is right.
1: Mm-mm. No, uh, my yeah, my my birthday's right in the middle of it. So, yeah. uh, but since we changed to to uh, to hunting more the first split, it doesn't. I'm, I'm usually home after those ten days
0: right, so Gilbert, what I want to do is i'm going to throw up uh, I'm going to throw up something here for everybody to look at and we're going to talk about that we're actually going to take a look at the month of September um, which is going to pretty much cover most hunts and we're going to talk about show some examples here of how wanting to hunt the best days are not always in the picture and we're going to talk about some things that we might do you might do I might do to try to figure some of this out okay and
1: for our guys that are listening to Apple podcast you can go to YouTube to our YouTube channel and see what Joe's talking about when he shares his screen here you'll be able to see the days right now probably on the Apple podcast you're not seeing it but when you go to our YouTube and watch our watch our podcast you'll be able to see it
0: right and uh and and keep reminding me that, Gilbert because when I talk about it I'm going to try to explain a lot of this stuff but if you were to look at September 2020 um and take a look at at that month uh depending on what those dates were that your particular state that you're planning on going to, we're going to take a look at that and we're going to try to figure out what are the best days and then, but what are the best days for different scenarios? All right, Mm -hmm. guys. So if you take a look at this, um, I've already marked in bright green on here. I have marked when the equinox is uh, that is basically going to set up the, the rut because that's when, that's what's triggering for cows to go into estrus, that time of day. Uh, the way the light hits their eyes, it, it triggers that in them in five to 10 days. And, and depending on um, the age of that cow elk. They can either come in earlier, come in later. Uh, if they're not bred, they're going to come into another estrus another 20 days later, up to three times, possibly even a fourth time. Okay, so if you take a look at this, what you can see is that we have September 22nd, 22nd, excuse me, sequin, equinox. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: the 22nd. The twister there, Joe. Yeah, that's that's the time. Now, yeah what kind of things jump out at you on, on this September, 2020, when you take a look at it, Gilbert?
1: Well, for us, you know, it's starting out on a big full moon, you know um, for me, that bothers a lot of people, the full moon. I got to tell you, I ain't bothered by it at all. Um, I know what the elk are going to be doing that time of year and be it full moon or not, we're going to be out there pounding the ground. Right. So right. Uh, at the, at the end of the day, you can see our first part of our season starts out with a big bright moon mm-hmm. and then it starts waning after that. Right. And, uh, so you, you'll start to see what you get to around the 10th of September. It really starts getting into some really good phases of the moon that we like to hunt. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You take a look at that week of the 13th to the 19th Mm -hmm. and you pretty much have a dark week, basically, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got that uh, new moon happening and a lot of people would look at that and say that that's right there. Um, that 13th to the 19th, uh, that week is a solid week, uh, to be able to hunt. And, And the reason that it's not that the, the elk, uh, I really believe if that was full moon week, the elk would still be in the same amount of rut as they are in the dark moon week. The only mm-hmm. difference is, is that when you have full moon and they have that light, they play all night long. So all night, yep. they're going to hit the trees earlier, earlier. in the morning, mm-hmm. they're going to come out later in the evening. Well, that's fine too. In what we've practiced as a group, Uh, And one of our strategies is if we're in a bright moon phase, that just means that we hunt transitions instead of hunting closer to the open areas because they're going to be in those areas sooner. And what we're talking about transitions, y'all, we've talked about in other podcasts that you have areas where uh, the trees are thinner between their bedding area and their lower bottoms or the grass area where they're heading to feed. For that night, if it's a full moon or whatever, there. So when they're heading down into the bottoms, they're going to feed in those transition areas where there are grass. And you're looking for areas where the trees are thinner. Mm -hmm. Uh, Aspen areas are awesome. You know, between there and the brush areas. Yep places where that they can get in and get some feed get some cover before they bust out in the open right
1: yeah and i found too joe uh even when i'm whitetail hunting down here we have better midday hunts too Mm -hmm. during that full moon time because they like to get up and you know stretch their legs a little bit in the midday and you know for cows getting hot those bulls will start getting active in the midday you you and i both have heard them bugling all the way up you know from noon to two o'clock
0: yes sir yeah, I mean, uh... Yeah, the the midday hunt when it's bright is is a better hunt to me. It now, is, yeah. w- when you have that dark moon like that, that means that they're basically going to be uh, they're going to be coming out a little earlier. They're going to be yep. going in a little bit longer. And and it, again, there's other variables. I mean, if you have sweltering heat and that sun's coming yeah. out and it gets hot, man, they're yeah. getting in them trees as soon as they can. Quit. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of variables that happen with this. So. Um, yeah, guys, when you take a look at that, go ahead, Gilbert. There are,
1: but I don't want to get guys hung up on, you know, not, oh man, it's a full moon. Y'all don't get hung up on that. No. I've killed a lot of bulls in a full moon or in a in a uh, waxing moon. You know, it's, uh. don't get hung up on that. Y'all get your butts in the woods when you can and uh, do what you know how to do. The bulls live there, whether it's a full moon or it ain't. And uh, I'm telling you, y'all put you, you know, where there's, Joe says this a million times, where there's a will, there's a way. I promise you, you can kill them in that full moon phase.
0: Yes, sir, you can. Uh, Most people would look at this and that's probably the week they would say that they want to hunt. Or if you, you know, if you're wanting the animals in prime rut, you're looking after the 22nd you know, up until about October 1st, that's a great time, man. I'm telling you that first week of October is just, (laughs) it's just ballistic. Right. So, um, that kind of tells you, but what's happening, remember guys, in that early part of the rut, those big bulls are not all haremed up yet. Uh, you know, the, the smaller bulls are the ones that are actually gathering up all the cows. And then those big bulls are just waiting in the wings where once that, you know, that those cows start coming in heat. And what those big bulls do is they just kind of trail those herds. They scent check them. And when those cows start coming in heat, then they move in, they take over the herd, and then the run is on. Okay. That's right. Um, So what we're going to do is you can see I've got this labeled New Mexico here. And there's some things that I want to point out. and, And I said, what are some days to avoid? Well, I always, when I tell guys, if you possibly can, and you know, guys, every one of you, each one of us has things that we just have to do, or if we had other choices, we're not going to do it. You know, for some of us, a weekend, man, is imperative. You know, we get to leave on Friday, we might get a day off on Monday or, or two days off. So maximizing our hunting days, we have to use that weekend. And, and I'll tell you this a lot of guys that's their situation so most hunters are going to be in the woods on the weekend that's just naturally what's going to happen and here's something that happens this year that i don't know if a lot of you guys realize this is what labor day weekend where it hits generally labor day weekend has been on that first part of the weekend on the first part of the hunt Mm -hmm. now uh for those guys that are hunting labor day or have to hunt Labor Day weekend, or have an extra day to hunt, or two days to hunt, they're going, Yeah, man, because yeah. now they've been pushed closer to when those cows are coming into estrus, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're actually moving themselves up into the hunt. And, uh, you know, I, I like to think, you know, Gilbert, well, I've killed. I killed my bull this last year on the 2nd right yep. of September the year before on the 1st of First. September mm-hmm. and and really I truly believe that it's about that 9th and 10th when things really start to escalate a little bit, sure. On on there, so it's usually you know you take a look at it one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve, it's ten to twelve days I think before that equinox happens. Um, mm-hmm. Now, does that mean that they're not bugling before that? Well, like I said, we know better, right? Yeah, we killed them on the very beginning. You bet. But if you're looking at this, this is and. If you're you're somebody that doesn't have to hunt on the weekends, I recommend trying to hunt in the middle of the week. That's when there's going to be less pressure in the woods, there's going to be less guys in the woods, if you have that luxury, okay? So let's say that you're somebody that uh, you have to hunt weekends. Now, here's what it looks like in New Mexico's hunt. In New Mexico, the first hunt is right here, so you can see. It's that 1st through the 14th. And if I take a look at everything that's happening there and I say, okay, if I had to hunt weekends, which weekends are, are, am I going to hunt? Well, of course, we're going to be, number one, we're going to be in that. We've got to utilize that Labor Day weekend because that lets me at least depending on how far if you guys are driving a long ways to be able to hunt this, then you got to consider only hunting a morning hunt and getting ready to get out of there. Mm -hmm. If you're somebody that, uh, is, is driving, you know, an hour to be able to hunt New Mexico, then that changes whether or not you can get an evening hunt in all right on the front and on the back end of it. So think about your travel time. So let's say that you have to hunt weekends. Uh, if you had to hunt weekends and you could drive back and forth to hunt weekends, uh, it's it's pretty simple. These are the ones that are available for you. Uh, these are the ones that I would recommend on there. Uh, if you're hunting the first hunt, it's pretty basic. It's right in front of you on that. Okay, mm-hmm. but let's say that uh, you're in the the second hunt. Okay, uh, if I had to hunt weekends then you take a look at that second hunt and you take a look at the weekends there, there's one weekend in the second hunt. So that's another reason, Gilbert, that I think if you take a look at at the applications that go in in New Mexico, most Mm -hmm. guys haven't been applying for the second hunt, which a lot of, now all the outfitters and those guys, most of those guys are doing their hunts in the second hunt. But most public land hunters are, are actually applying for the first hunt and the reason is is because labor day weekend's there and if they ha- if they have the ability to hunt multiple weekends it's yeah. going to happen in the first hunt because all they get is one hunt and they're going to have to use some days off to be able to do that if they're going to utilize weekends yeah, so
1: for for our guys on the apple podcast those dates that joe's talking about in the first the first two weekends or a uh Right. Or the 5th and 6th, and then the 11th and 12th uh, and 13th. Right. So,
0: so when um, you see that, uh, and I kind of put them on half day because yeah. Labor Day weekend is the 5th, 6th, and 7th, 7th. this year. Right. It's right. not the first, you know, it's not that uh, 31st, 1st. Usually that yeah. Labor Day is on the 1st of September. Right. That's right. Okay. Not this year, y'all it's on the back end so it's six and seven the seventh is labor day not the first okay it's monday the seventh so now what that does is that means man you can take off out of work if you're close to your hunting area you can take off and get an afternoon hunt in on that friday or get camp set up on that friday and you're hunting saturday you're hunting sunday and depending on what you have to do you can at least get a morning hunt in on monday right um if uh if you're able to hunt weekends that means that again the following friday you're taking off don't know if you can get a hunt in but at least you can get there if you were if the way chad and i always did we just camped in the back of the vehicle so we pulled in parked the truck grabbed the bows booyah we're out and we're hunting right so we're hunting that afternoon of friday and uh then You've got Saturday, and the, and the way I have this, and some of you guys that see that, you can see a little notch on the 13th because, man, again, I'm, I'm in my vehicle, so I'm going to hunt that morning, I'm going to hunt that afternoon, and I'm driving home in the dark that night, and I'm going to be a little tired at work on Monday. Yeah,
1: for sure. <laughs> okay. Be looking for that pre-nap when I get home. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so that's like weekends. But what should you do if you have two days vacation time? All right. Well, Gilbert, if you had two days vacation time here, I don't know, what hunt would you choose? The first or the second?
1: If I had two days vacation time, I'd probably Mm -hmm. utilize the I'd probably myself I'd probably utilize the uh Labor Day deal and try to get 3 days out of it.
0: Yeah, most definitely. That that's my yeah. thoughts too. Now, yeah. some guys will say, "Okay, if I have 2 days, again, I can take off on a Friday if I want to cl- hunt closer um mm-hmm. or in the middle of that rut, I can take off on a Friday. If you're close, if you're traveling long distances, then buddy y'all had better uh, and you only had two days to add into that labor day weekend, then you're definitely in the first hunt. Uh, You could hunt that 18th, 19th and, uh, you know, drive in on a Friday for those guys that are close, Uh, get in on that Friday evening at night, hunt the 19th, 20th, Monday, the 21st, hunt the morning of the 22nd and head out. So uh, that's possible. Or if you're going to maximize that, if you're going to maximize with two days vacation, what I do is I recommend for you to add those two at the end of the labor day because now with everybody that's disappearing on that Monday, you're actually going to get some days where the woods are going to be a little bit less out there. Yep. Okay. Um, Now that's one rule of thought. Another rule of thought is you move that to – the third, and the fourth, and leaving out that Monday, uh, that Wednesday after work on yeah. the second. And what that means is now you get first crack before the Labor Day group hits the hills and before the animals start hearing all these calls going around. Okay, <laughs> yep. So if you want to hit them before anybody else has, um, then you're going to take the third and the fourth off, And that way you have that Labor Day weekend, the 5th, 6th, and 7th. You can leave and head back out on the 7th, and you get first shot. And if you're going well, but that's not closer to the rut, again, y'all, I guide as a profession. So I usually have to hunt the very beginning of the hunt. And I remember, Gilbert, when we first had that conversation when we were going to do that. You know, um, Mm -hmm. the guy's like, well, do you think we can be successful here? Well... I've hunted the front of the hunt for, I don't know, well, I've killed 33 elk in the last 35, 36 years, okay, so, and all on the front end, so yes, it definitely can happen, you get to catch dumb and dumber. Every
1: year that I've hunted the front, I've killed a bull. Yeah. I mean, so, five years running, I think, we've hunted the front dead elk, so, I've hunted the backside too, and I had success as well. But sure, I don't know, man. I'm I'm partial to the front because they they're pretty well unmolested, you know. And I you don't know, they're real responsive. If uh, they're, they're more they're quieter, but boy, they're real curious.
0: And, you know, guys, I'm sitting here telling you to go out and hunt in the same uh, – to apply for that week that I apply yeah. for. Yeah, well, we don't want to, you to. <laughs> 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 no,
1: at the end of the day, it is what it
0: is. It so. is what it is. And I, I hope a lot of you apply for that second hunt because it gives more yeah. room for, for me to be able to get in there. But, yeah. uh, hey, I'm your coach. I'm telling you this is how I think and what I'm looking at. Now, yeah. I, the thing about the second hunt is if you love hearing the bulls scream <sighs> – It's it's boss, right? It's wildfire. I'm telling
1: you that that last week and then up until the first week of October, holy smokes!
0: Yeah, and if you're after any bull, I don't care that I'm not able to call in the herd (laughs) bull. I'm going to call in the satellites that are around him. So uh, there's going to be a bull die. So when people say that that herd bull is already herded up and you can't call him off the cows, screw that, man. Go after those. There's plenty of satellites tracking that guy so
1: absolutely well and, and you know if they hunt like you and i do joe that first legal elk's is going to get it so um i'm not really that picky uh right. for me i've killed some really beautiful bulls and i you know some have gotten in the way uh the past few years and you know <laughs> joe said well uh you might have to have a fight when you get home because you're going to have to have another one mounted because this one's bigger <laughs> than your last one. <laughs> I didn't really know. I just knew it had horns and or antlers and, uh, and, and I'm telling you, we uh, had an Epic standoff with him and we put him down. So it was, uh, it was a joyous occasion for sure. Yep. You know, it's, it's always good when you walk up on them, Joe, and they don't have any ground shrinkage yep. at all. That, that rascal got bigger really, you know?
0: Yep. Now Ooh. here's, here's where I'm going to change something just a little bit. What if you have five-day vacation, okay? Mm. If you have a five-day vacation, to me, uh, again, uh, in order to maximize that time and to avoid when everybody else is in there and to let everything calm down just a little bit, what I would do is I would actually put in for the second hunt if Mm -hmm. I had that five days. And the reason I would do that is I would avoid that Labor Day group. Uh, Most guys are gonna be putting in for that first hunt. That's when the woods are gonna be most crowded. And what I would do is I would utilize those weekends on the front and the back end for my travel so that I'm maximizing my hunting days. So what I'm saying is is that I would, if I had five days, They would be the 14th through the 18th that I would plan on hunting. And uh, the hunt for the second hunt starts on the 15th. So you're going, well, why would you take the 14th through the 18th if the hunt starts on the 15th? And the reason I would do that is because now I have travel time. I have Saturday the 2nd. I have Sunday the 13th to travel, set up my camp, to scout, to go out and see what's happening in the woods, get feet on the ground on that 13th and 14th. If I don't like where it is, I can take a look at plan B, take a look at plan C so that I am ready to hunt that first morning hunt of the 15th. Okay, And that way now I don't lose any days to hunt. I gain that following saturday yes there's going to be people coming in on that friday hunt that saturday but i'm going to be there in midweek and the animals are going to start becoming more and more vocal they're going to be easier to locate uh supposedly you know this last Mm -hmm. year a lot of animals shut up because of a lot of reasons but uh Mm -hmm. that also gives me that next you know, Sunday to travel, I could either hunt in the morning or I could travel out. So you can
1: possibly get 11 hunts in that week, you know, Joe, mm
0: -hmm.
1: 11 hunts. I mean, you count them the 15, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, probably 11, you hunt, you know, Sunday morning and get on out of there, you know, yeah, that's that's a lot of hunts
0: yeah it is I mean, it's quality days with five days off now that doesn't mean that it's gonna be five days away from home, depending on when you travel i yeah. mean that that's gonna end up being another you know i mean you got five uh six seven uh like, eight, nine, like, nine nine yeah, days i
1: like I like that Joe because 'cause you're leaving on a Saturday and you'll get up there Saturday night, you have acclimate day, you know even Saturday night, Sunday. Monday, you're scouting and stuff like that and acclimating as well. Right. By the 15th, you're ready to rock and roll, you know. So yeah. I, I do, I like that a lot.
0: And when I talk about scouting, guys, that's a, on that Sunday when you, you know, Saturday, you get there, Sunday, you get there. You're going to see camps of guys that have been there already. And uh, it's a great way to get some recon, to be talking to people, be friendly, you know, uh, talk to your neighbors. and And you can find out a lot of things that will help you out coming Mm -hmm. out for the rest of that hunt so that's what I would do if I had five days in September in New Mexico for that and had I would put in for the second hunt and I would plan on my vacation days for the 14th through the 18th now what if I had uh seven to ten days if I had seven to ten days I'm just adding on to the plan I just did I'm adding so I'm basically going to add that 21st and that 22nd so that I'm um, again i'm adding more hunt days gilbert mm-hmm. and and i'm adding days that i can travel out uh, uh because again I, i'm not able to go ahead of that anymore because it's in that first hunt so yeah. if i had those and now i just added seven days if i had 10 days now man i'm looking at at really adding another three days onto that right so mm-hmm. um if I had 10 days off, that means that I could basically hunt till the 23rd or the 24th, and I exactly. could be traveling on the 25th to get home. Yep. Okay? So that yeah. means I, I really have maximized my opportunities.
1: Yeah, you hunt that whole split.
0: Yep. I, can, I will leave the home on the 12th of September, and I would arrive home again on the 25th of September. and have a heck of a hunt in between them, all right? So that's New Mexico. Um, Let's talk a little bit. I want to show you another example that kind of tells you that you can't always plan things the way you want, all right? Let's take a look at Colorado in 2020. And, Gilbert, I want you to take a look. In New Mexico, we split into two hunts. That's right. Colorado doesn't do that, all Right. right? This is Colorado's archery hunt the 2nd of September to the 30th of September. Oh, oh, man. solid Man, if if I'm a guy hunting weekends, I take a look at that and I'm like, holy Toledo, man. I'm hunting one, two, three, four weekends. I can drive out there and just hunt that if I'm a weekend hunter. That's how it looks when you look at this, right? Yeah. But most of this hunt is going to fall on the front end of the rut, which to me, is the best side of the rut Mm -hmm. but here's here's something gilbert that i don't know if you know about or other people know about did you know that the muzzleloader hunt falls at the same time as the archery hunt no check this out this is the muzzleloader hunt um so guys i told you if you're if you're not the second of september to the 30th of september is archery hunt okay the muzzleloader hunt Starts on the 12th of September through the 20th of September. Now, if you think back to what we talked about before, this is for Colorado, right? Joe? This is Colorado, right? Yeah. And man, uh, this. You're
1: going to be in the woods with this, with the muzzleloader hunters, too. Yes, sir. Yes, you are. Well, that poses some definite safety uh, concerns for sure joe about wearing a little bit of orange
0: and everything else oh man let me tell you gilbert i mean uh so remember as okay so i i have nothing against muzzleload hunting i have nothing me? against rifle hunting i just yeah. don't want it happening when i'm in the woods wearing camouflage and sounding like <laughs> a bull elk right yeah, yeah. okay so um, as a rifle hunter, when I'm guiding rifle hunters or when I'm guiding muzzleload hunters, my number one goal is just to locate. They yep. did get position where I can be up above and get a shot, uh, a killing shot on there. Um, so I'm wanting to do as much talking, listen for responses, and I'm chasing bugles, getting in position, and I'm going to get me a shot, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the goal for the bow hunter is, man, you're in there. You know, if you're not in the if you're in the trees, you're trying to pull them out of the open end of the trees. Bring them to you're, you. Yeah. Right, you're sounding like a bull, dude. No. I have been, I have shadowed a herd from three in the morning in the moonlight until I killed a bull at ten thirty, midday. I right. shadowed. I was amongst that herd for six hours. seven hours, hours, right? In the middle of that herd. Now think about that same scenario when you have muzzleloader hunters out there. I'm in the middle of the herd and there's guys that could be popping off shots at animals that are all around me. Yeah. I don't know about you, but bro. uh, Yeah,
1: I'm not real, I'm not real fond of that, but I guarantee you I'd have a bunch of
0: orange on Oh, most definitely. So guys, if you plan on bow hunting at the time during that muzzleloader hunt, I do know this. I got a lot of buddies and that are guides and friends and this last year, but this last year was a a, a weird type year because all the feed was so spread out from the moisture. But as soon as the first gun started going off, them critters shut up and it was tough. And, uh, you know, I had guys that were texting me, calling me, going, Joe, man, this is what I'm doing. Where are the elk? You know, mm-hmm. where are they? And what do you think? And and where should I go? And this and that. And and it, it made it really, really tough. So for me, that 12th through the 20th, for me, y'all, is a deal breaker. That I don't want to be in the woods there. So now I almost have a split hunt, like in New Mexico. Yep. All right. So really... You've got, to me, my archery hunt now is the second that I can hunt through the 11th. I don't mind driving out when those guys are in the woods on the 12th. I don't mind breaking camp on the 12th. That doesn't bother me a bit on that weekend and driving out. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, or uh, on that second part, going in on the 19th -hmm. on that Saturday, uh, and, you know, I've set up camp and I can scout on that, wearing my orange yeah. I go get on those ridges and I can do some scouting talk to and some go camps. get my
1: prison orange jumpsuit
0: <laughs> <laughs> and find out where you know what's been going on okay yeah so I would now utilize those other days when muzzleload guys are in camp and stuff I would utilize those days as some of my travel days so if you're a weekend hunter you know if you're a weekend hunter you really on that first part if you're if you are staying off of the muzzleload hunting then you have one weekend if uh if uh actually I'm sorry because two, yeah. yeah because even though it looks like it's a split hunt it's not you can hunt right. that first part and that second part i kind of got that new mexico mentality yeah. going on bro um but now you can hunt that one on the on the 5th and 6th mm-hmm. um
1: You can hunt that one on the
0: 25th and 26th. So you really, if you're avoiding muzzleload hunters, then you're getting those two weekends in, okay? Uh, What if you are a, uh, uh, like we talked about before, what if you had two days of vacation? Now, again, remember um, when you have Labor Day weekend too. So here's Labor Day weekend, and if I have two days off, I'm kind of thinking along the same lines as I did in New Mexico. If I have those two days off and I got to put everything together, I'm either going to uh, take off on the third and the fourth, and that way I can uh, leave work on the second, hunt that third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, and then hunt the morning of the seventh. Now take a look at how many days you get there, right? Mm So. Uh, I'm leaving Wednesday, I can hunt now one day on the third, the full third, the full fourth, the full fifth, the full sixth, and a half day on the seventh, so I can get a lot of hunts in there, okay, Uh, that would be my thinking. Now, uh, the other thing is, is that if you want to hunt, and you want to be in that rut, and after things start screaming again, after the muzzleloader hunt, then uh, you can do the same thing on the tail end of this, you yep. know, if you want to avoid the weekends, if you want to avoid the weekends other than using travel time for that, or if you're going to add to what you have, and if you only have two days off, you're most likely going to add. Okay. Yep. So now I'm again, uh, I'm going to probably leave work on the 22nd. I'm sorry. On the 23rd, Third. I've got mm-hmm. the 24th, 25th, 26th and morning of the 27th. If yeah. I want to hunt that late part of the season, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if I have five days off, then you know, now you have to decide again, guys. Um, do you want to split? If you're close, you can split that. If you have five days off, you might yeah, want you to do take two
1: and two, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: or you know, you, you might be able to take two and three, right. add three onto the, the weekend. Um, but I here's the other thing I didn't bring up, Gilbert. Now you can see that we have that dark moon going on. Yeah, okay, yeah,
1: right. That's another good thing. Yeah, on the bottom side. Yep,
0: right. So, generally, the critters after a week of dark moon are kind of in that dark moon pattern, it takes them a while to get out of that. So, um, if you're looking for the animals still to be out uh, later in the morning and out earlier in the evening then you're looking for that second part in Colorado um, that, that, that week of the 21st through the 26th. Okay. So uh, you could even travel on that Saturday, Sunday, set up camp. And then I'd have the 21st. If I had five days off, I would take the 21st through the 25th, especially if I was driving to Colorado. If I was driving to Colorado, y'all, I would, drive i'd leave home on friday afternoon drive that the 18th what, yeah Yep. the 18th and 19th have camp set up scout on the 20th and i'm hunting on the 21st and yep. you can hunt on the 20th there's no reason you can't hunt on the 20th because it is one of the hunt days it's just again you have muzzle loaders in the field okay yep but a Y'all lot be of be careful
1: yeah you will be careful guys when you got them boys with with muzzle loaders in the field they're you know, they're building these things where they're shooting 300 yards nowadays.
0: Sure. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I take a look at uh, – uh, let me see where we're at on our time, bud, because I haven't – uh want to see what's going on with that. Uh want to stop this. We're at 122 right now. Okay. So, guys, what are, that's kind of, of some of the things that you think about uh, on on the hunts as far as how that goes now uh, what we'll do is we'll talk about some of the other states and some other scenarios on our next ones okay we'll start bringing up some of these other um, states uh, a lot of them have some of the same days what we think are, are going to be the best and I think you can have already heard what we're talking about and understand the the, the ability to utilize weekends uh, yeah. along with days off uh, I, one guy asked me said well if i have 14 days what what would you do well if they didn't have to be all in one stretch mm-hmm. and say okay i've got to hunt 14 days in a row um uh there was a, a a friend of mine in in uh oregon asked me about that and basically what i said was i'd hunt the middle of the week yeah. or basically five, three five. weeks
1: yeah five five and then probably four on the other end yeah you
0: know, yeah, because what that does is on those weekends, it gives you a chance to, to go home when everybody's in the woods. You can regroup. You can see the family. Uh, you can get uh, more chow depending on, you know, how you hunt, yeah. how you camp. But if I had 14 days off uh, of actual days that I could take, uh, I I would do it that way. I'd actually utilize the middle of the week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. so again in your state take a look at it you have any questions uh we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go okay and uh gilbert uh i think now do you have anything to add to that bro
1: no man I, i man i think that's really some strong stuff you guys could see the uh for for those again for those guys that are just listening to us on apple Podcasts. please go to our youtube channel so you could see all the dates that popped up we tried to do a good job of of uh you know explaining those dates uh uh as we're looking at them uh on the on the computer screen, but you know it, those are unbelievable days to be in the field hunting. I just didn't want guys getting i mean so many of us get hung up on the moon phase, man, you know don't because I'm telling you if you these are the only days you can spend in the woods, don't let that spin you out, you know, get in the woods no matter what the moon phase is and go hunt elk man it's just it's going to be a great year uh we're starting out with a little bit of a full moon but boy the rest of the month shaping up to be bang up
0: yeah i think so and and we've dealt with the full moon lots of times and oh, killed man, a lot of animals so, so.
1: <laughs> i'll never forget where the guys last year were like man i'm be hunting out <laughs> riding the start of the full moon i said man i don't care i don't care what color the moon is i'm <laughs> get in the middle of the elk woods with some of the best guys in the world calling elk and You know, we're going to have a good time regardless.
0: You betcha, man. And uh, um, guys, um, we're going to go to the Elk Bros mailbox. Reminder, don't forget, ask your questions. Send them in to us. You can send them to info at elkbros.com. Also, if you're listening right now, you like what you're hearing, please subscribe, please rate, and please review us. We love to hear and see those reviews, man. Show us some love, all right? Um, Good
1: bad joe you know if they ain't talking bad about you they ain't talking about you So we good we good either way guys we love you no matter what
0: yeah you know and in fact i looked and guys you gotta understand uh, my life right now is a little crazy um (laughs) with what's going on uh and and that's all cool it is what it is and and i love where we're at right now my brother is just getting after it chav's just doing great things so uh i have I have zero complaints. I have zero complaints yep. about that. Um, but uh, like I, I saw, uh, a guy asked about um, on one of our YouTube videos where we're talking about putting our animals in an ice bath. And his mm-hmm. question was, "Doesn't water equal?" Um, I think it, uh, bacteria growth. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm going to answer his question uh, on there, and then we're going to talk about it here just a little bit more too. But mm-hmm. um, guys, got to remember it temperature really promotes bacteria growth and i've i've hung animals in my garage and some of the things that i've seen in there because of the temperature just uh man i mean it can go bad just hanging as well so you bet. Uh, uh we'll talk more about that but we've got a question from enrique mora from vancouver washington and right. you know i sent a, a a reply back to enrique and and what a, he sent a nice introduction and just a great sure. guy. Um, but uh, I told him, man, this dude could be from New Mexico, Enrique Mota. Yeah. yeah. You know, because Mota is a community that, well, yeah. one of our uh, competitors Competitive communities that are rivals for our school a lot of times. Sure. So, uh, if he ever came here, a lot of people would try to be connecting him up with who he who he's related to. You know, right, stuff. right. But his question was, how should I start the conversation with the biologist regarding info on where and why? My concern is that I don't want to sound like I'm just out to get some easy info for some easy hunting. I really respect all the work these guys and gals do for our hunting opportunities and fisheries. What questions should I ask regarding potential units to hunt? And assuming all goes good, what other questions can I and should I ask while I'm on the phone with him or her? Hmm. So... uh, (laughs) <laughs> my concern is I don't want it to sound like I'm just out for some easy info and for some easy hunting. Heck yeah, you are Enrique. Yeah, that's, son why, of that's, all why, we, yeah, that's why we use
1: all our resources that we have. You know, yeah, everybody wants to make it easier and help ourselves, you know.
0: Yeah, no, and and I'm just giving you heck, but uh, uh, it's a good question, man. And And I'll tell you, first of all, you do not want to ask them about potential units to hunt. Yeah. You, you you don't call up a game biologist just say you know you know what hunt unit do you recommend because and these these guys get all kinds of people that do that
1: yeah
0: yeah okay so if you have somebody's in construction and there's somebody that that does foundations and you start talking about foundations and how you do it and what you like about it and your methods and your methodologies a conversation then ensues no right yeah. right. So if you want to get information and you want some help from a game biologist, then do your homework before you call that person, okay? Um, You know, a
1: lot of states produce data on harvest reports and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So to implore you to go to that, that data set and check that out and have some of those ideas before we talk about, you know, an area, you know, you might ask that. by just hey do you unit 54 or unit whatever uh, number do you know much about that unit I've heard you know in y'all's harvest report numbers they're high you know for bull activity and I mean you, you can have an educated a conversation with him about something like that, but you really need to do your homework as well.
0: Well, yeah, because a lot of those units, you're actually wasting their time because sometimes the reason they're high is because they're private and they've got outfitted stuff on there, and so it's a whole different deal. So, um, you know, really do your homework and then bring up the potential points for the areas that you're looking at, the concerns and thought you have when it comes to like access um, or lack of access, things that could cause pressure by other hunters. Uh, you know your concerns about you know you've checked out the bull cow ratios, uh, the possible calf mortality due to predators, effects of a dry or a wet year on that yeah. area. When you start talking like a biologist to a biologist, the conversation starts and. Yeah. If the conversation starts and he starts to chime in at any time, then you be quiet and listen. Yeah, <laughs> You know, if yeah, my
1: grandpa said, use what God give you two of instead of one of. more."
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like Gilbert said, find out if there's any studies in the area, they might be able to point it to, you, you know, possible size of the resident herd. Colorado has studies, dude, that you can download and you can put into I am um, I don't think it's Onyx, but you can put it on Google Maps. They have migration information that wow. you can look at on those maps and you can download and input on there. So there are some really helpful aids that will show migration corridors, transition areas from summer to winter, okay? But understand that these guys are going to want to talk to people that have a true interest in the animal instead of just looking for a quick, easy way to kill an elk, okay? Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, and uh, also, Bud, uh, I would also recommend to you, before you talk to them, talk to other fishermen, friends, colleagues, people that are out there, and, uh, and let them know you're getting into elk hunting, and, and conversations start up, and you'll pick up some nuggets here and there that will help you before you have that conversation with that game biologist, Okay. Oh, and when you talk to them, don't call it horns (laughs) because they're going to tell you it's antlers. Right, Lance? (laughs) Yeah. So I hope that answers your question, bud.
1: Yeah, man. All fantastic content um, this week, Joe, for our guys getting ready to look to put their hunts together with their new hunting profiles that they've used off of our last podcast and understanding what they're looking for. Uh, now the dates they've got, they can really hone in on what they need. So, fantastic content. Look forward to to uh, to getting together next week and talking about this further, Joe.
0: Oh, you bet. Yeah, I mean, we need to throw some other states in and some of their their uh, their dates and see what we're talking about.
1: As always, guys, if you like what we're doing, please write, uh, rate, and review us. Go to uh, our Apple Podcast and. Rate and review us. If you have any questions, please uh, send them to us at info at elkbros.com. For Gilbert Ornelas here in Spring, Texas, and Joe Gillia there in New Mexico, we want to thank all of our listeners. God bless you. What, men, hug your women, kiss your wives, wives, kiss your husband. Y'all, hug your babies and uh, keep your broad head sharp and your powder dry. And we'll see you next week right here on Blue Collar Elk Honey. Peace peace, y'all. See you next week. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6'8 Western. Oh, mule there, baby, right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.